Stay tuned as Alan White and Doug Max talk with fishing and hunting pros, share tips and tricks, and discuss Alabama's greatest natural resource, the great outdoors. WNSP Outdoors is brought to you by Eastern Shore Ace Hardware, Streets Seafood and Meat Market, Hall Sausage and Wholesale Meats, and Blue Water Yacht Sales. Now, let's head outdoors with Alan White. Well, good afternoon and Merry Christmas to everybody. I'm Alan White along with Doug Max, and we've got a good show lined up for your enjoyment today. We've got uh, uh, all of our regular fishing forecast for you from the Mobile Tensile Delta to uh, inshore fishing and uh, all the way to Miller's Ferry. Also, we've got a special guest, uh, wildlife manager Austin Delano will be with us again. I always love to talk to him. And then Jay Graddick from Skinner's Wild Game Processing will give us a local deer report uh, at, the, uh, at the facility in Thomasville. So, Doug, you just got back from a good duck hunt in Arkansas, man. That's good. Yeah, I sure did. We we had a great hunt. My grandson got to experience some really good duck hunting. Well, good for him. We're very fortunate because it's really been a slow season up it there. It has. And, but we had some connections that really wanted to make sure he had a good hunt, and they kind of went out on a limb and really helped us out. Well, good. I'm glad to be back in a warmer climate. It was, it was pretty nippy up there. <laughs> pretty nippy, huh? <laughs> All right. Well, let's go right to, uh, let's see. Let's give away two ribeye steaks to the, our third caller at 694-1055. These are from Street Seafood and Meat Market in Baymanette, Alabama. Two ribeye steaks. That'll be good for Christmas. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to Don Greed now for our Delta Report. How you doing, Don? I'm doing great. How you guys doing today? Well, we're doing good. I hope y'all getting ready for Christmas and have a good holiday. I'm telling you, we are. We're gonna have the kids down, and we're gonna have us a ball. That's great. <laughs> Probably end up doing a little bit of fishing while we're here. There you go. There you go. Ain't well, nothing wrong with fishing for Christmas. Right? I guarantee you. It looks like the water's still low everywhere. What do you say? It's it's still like a summer pool up there. The highest water we got up there is Alabama, which is just six foot. I think it rose a couple of feet. It's going to be back down to six foot by Sunday, and we'll all have a, a summer pool up there. All of them will be summer pool then. And it doesn't look like we're going to get any big rains anytime soon. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen, but it ain't. it'll be later, I hope. <laughs> I, I heard it was going to rain on Christmas Day. But, Don, I don't keep up with the weather from year to year, but I know you pay attention a lot better than I do. Mm-hmm. Isn't January and February pretty wet down here? It's uh, it's our wettest month usually February and end of March is usually when we really get our rains by the middle of March. Normally, middle of March it starts ebbing and getting down to the, the, the you know the regular water depth and all. But in January and February, mm-hmm. January is normally a bluebird dry month is uh, uh, what I call a bluebird month when you don't, don't have a wind, you have uh, calm water and believe me, that's a good time to fish. Most people don't realize that, but when you got when you got calm wind, no winds at all during, during cold weather, 
the wind, the wind is what causes the water to get cold. Mm-hmm. The sun warms the water up. You can have water temperatures maybe 10 to 12 degrees warmer than the air temperature on, on bluebird days. And that's that's mainly what I was going to bring across today is even though the fish are biting and all, everything's going good, we're going to... We, Today's the first day of winter, so that means, hey, we're fixing to have wintertime fishing. That's a different dog from what we used to in the summertime, where we usually fish early and late in the summertime. Uh, from 9 a.m. to about 3 p.m. during the middle of the day, is the, the, what you do is find out when your moon time or your solar time is going to be and try to fish it. And that's usually the only bite of the day. Now, as far as that goes, if it's a good sunshiny, beautiful day, they'll come up in that shallow water to warm up, and they'll feed on those banks while they're there. Well, if it's cloudy, they're going to stay out in the creek channel. They ain't going to come up there. It's it's not worth it to go up there for them because it's not going to be any warmer. And your cloudy days in the summertime are usually the best, and the wintertime is the worst time to fish. You want a bluebird day, if at all possible, when you go bass fishing or just about any other kind of fishing in the wintertime. Let me ask you something. You you talk about warming up the water. And I've always heard that the dingy water warms up more than the clear water, and I never really understood that concept. But. Okay, what what causes that is the silt in the water. All it is is just flat flakes of dirt, the grind, you know, just really small, microscopic, and, and the sun will warm it up. Mm-hmm. The sun will, will radiate off of it, okay? If it's clear water, the sun just goes on to the bottom, mm-hmm. the, the, the rays. Uh, the the dinginess of the water is what attracts the heat and warms the water up quicker. Huh. Sort of like the hood of a black car as opposed to the hood exactly. of a uh, silver car. That's exactly <laughs> silver. right. That's yeah, exactly or, what it is. Or a clear it, polyethylene. It's really different. Yeah, I understand that concept but about the car, but I, I never did quite get that one about the water. But it makes sense what you said there. Yeah, the clearer the water is, the, the, the uh, harder it is to warm it up. In other words, you get you get uh, winds all the time during winter time. The cooler wind, you know, and it's gonna keep that clear water cooler than than the uh, uh, soil water because the soil water is still attracting the, the sun rays are still hitting that stuff, warming it up. And that's uh, it's gonna be. You can go up into these creeks and things during the winter time. And uh, and I, I used to, that's where I used to do all my fishing because it's going to be at least 10 degrees warmer up there in those places than it is out in the deeper, you know, bigger water. Well, Don, is and the bleep, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask you, is the water cool enough or cold enough now to make the crappie go deep and bunch up together? Oh. Okay, that that's part of my report. Uh, the, the crappie is still on the edge of the treetops because the water temperature really got that low okay. it's getting lower because the days are shorter yeah. the nights are longer and the nights are colder uh i had two reports of people catching crappie in the middle of the middle of the creeks where they were only 10 or 12 feet deep on jigs where they wasn't in the treetop now you get a little bit deeper water you'll find that they're still in treetops i mean it's there right now you know that could be the place that you, it wouldn't hurt to try everything when you go in right now 
Okay, well, I'm looking forward to January fishing in the middle of the day on a sunny day. That sounds pretty nice. Uh, that's right. And believe me, now, now, seriously, you can even catch bass on top waters in the middle of the day mm-hmm. <laughs> on a good, calm, sunny day when it can be less than 70 degrees. Believe it or not, I've done it. Is that, is that catching them up in the shallow water? Is that what? Yeah, they'll go up in that shallow water. You can be easing along, and, and sometimes you'll see the movement ahead of you along the banks because they're so shallow. They Just about the fins about out of the water. They're getting up as close as they can to warm up. Well, January has always been my favorite time to bass fish. It seems like I catch bigger bass and more of them in January that's, than That's me. the time of the year to catch your biggest bass. Anywhere oh, from, yeah. say, Christmas to to uh, Easter is your time of the year to catch your bigger bass. Okay. And uh, there's it's several reasons for it. Just get up in shallow water, spawn, whatever, you know, and they're, they're more aggressive. But that is the time of the year. And believe me, they're catching them right now. They're catching a lot of bass right now. And they're catching some good size. When I had a report yesterday of some good size bass being caught on the Delta. And, uh, I've, been, I've been noticing that the uh, sunset is getting one minute later every day now. Does that okay, mean? Okay, right. Go ahead. Right now, you just hit the nail on the head. Today is the longest night of the year. Okay. Okay, now, tomorrow night, it's going to start getting a minute or, minute or so longer okay we went down to we went down to this morning and now tonight we'll start going the other way <laughs> oh, yeah i guess the sun will come up earlier then too it will. It'll, yes it'll start doing a little bit earlier and then it'll be a little bit later today will get a little bit longer you know this time of year i used to go fishing at daylight and come home at dark because it wouldn't be that many hours you know <laughs> i wish they would just leave daylight savings time year round because I that liked would it. Be great. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? Everybody I yeah. talk to likes that idea, but nobody's doing anything <laughs> about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who's pulling the strings up there, <laughs> but you know we've had two or three people try to change it. In fact, last yeah. year they they claimed they had to change, but then all of a sudden you didn't hear anything else. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't change it. Well. There's got to be some money involved somewhere. <laughs> I guarantee you. Yeah. That old, old greenbacks, they oh. call them, Native Americans used to call them green frogs can't talk. There you go. That's right. They, they do all kind of stuff behind the scenes because of them greenbacks. Politicians yeah. and money. That's the, that's the answer yeah. to everything right there. But if we don't, if we don't have any really, I look for the really bad weather as far okay. as, as a lot of rain. You know, yeah. we're we in a El Nino year, we might as well face it. We're going to have a lot of rain in January and February, probably. All right. And it, it's probably going to start pretty quick. Don, have a Merry Christmas, buddy. I appreciate you. You too. You too. Have a good one. All right. Going to take a short break. Be back with Captain Bobby Abrascato right after this. Attention hunters, Skinner's Wild Game Processing with locations in Thomasville and Daphne is your number one destination after a successful hunt. Skinner's offers a complete line of meat products, custom made to your specifications. So make the most of your harvest this year with superior products from Skinner's Wild Game Processing. Quick, professional service, and years of experience servicing hunters. Visit them on Facebook at Skinner's Wild Game Processing for contact information. 
One of the challenges of being a homeowner is finding someone you can trust for all the little things that can go wrong. But here on the Alabama Gulf Coast, Bachelor Service is the trusted name for HVAC generators and now plumbing repair. Their plumbing team can take care of any job, from a clogged drain or leaky faucet to installing a new high-efficiency tankless water heater. Bachelor's is service worth remembering. HVAC generators and now plumbing repair. Learn more at bachelorservice.com. Certification 17070. Chat GPT, write a radio ad for Lania. Okay, play a beat southern music. Oh, come on, such a stereotype. My apologies. I'm still learning about various cultures. Stop music. Are you looking for the best way to stay connected with everything happening in Mobile, Alabama? Mobile, but okay. Look no further than Lan Yap. Lan Yap. Your go-to source for local news and entertainment. Needs music. Don't forget about award-winning investigative reporting. That's kind of our thing. Lan Yap is more than just a newspaper. It's your window into the heart of the port city. Maybe a tad cheesy, but we'll go with it. Lan Yap's dedicated team of journalists works around the clock to bring you the latest stories, events, and insights that matter most to your community. Whether it's keeping up with local politics, politics, discovering the hottest new restaurant in town, or staying in the loop with the vibrant art scene Laniap has you covered. On both sides of the bay. Yes. So why wait y'all? Pick up a copy of Laniap in their famous purple boxes, or head to laniapmobile.com and sign up for a digital subscription. Don't forget to say keep mobile funky. Laniap has been keeping people funky since 2002. In this market, you'll find Fisher Investments is different than other money managers. Different how? Aren't we all just looking for the hottest stocks? Nope. We use diversified strategies to position our clients' portfolios for their long-term goals. You don't just provide cookie-cutter portfolios? No. We tailor our clients' portfolios to their goals and needs. But you still sell investments that generate high commissions for you, right? No, we don't sell commission-based products. We're a fiduciary, the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. It means we're obligated to act in our clients' best interest. So when do you make more money? Only when your clients make more money? Yep, we have one transparent management fee structured, so we do better when our clients do better. Sounds like you really look out for your clients. We do, because our priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. That might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm Alan White, along with Doug Max. Uh, we've got Captain Bobby Abascado on the line, I think. Uh, just a moment. Well, we don't have him on the line. So uh, let's give away a Ace gift card for $20 Ace gift card from Eastern Shore Ace Hardware. We'll give this to the third caller at 694-1055, 694-1055. And Ace, Eastern Shore Ace Hardware is located on Spanish Fort Hill, Highway 31, and also a location on Highway 181 in Baldwin County. Friendly, friendly store over there. You need to stop. You, you know, I, I'm not the handyman you are, but every now and then I need something too. And I would rather go to ten Ace Hardware stores than to go to one Lowe's or Home Depot or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't care nothing about being in those stores. Man, you, you know, you can go in a store like that, and the people know exactly what you're looking for. Yeah. You know? 
and, and they can they can get you in and out of there in a, in a hurry. They exactly what you need. They nef- definitely well trained at Ace Hardware. Mm-hmm. Every everybody knows where everything is, you know, and they'll they'll walk over there with you if they need to t- to to show you where. And if you got a project, they normally understand well, what you're trying to do. You know, that's right. When you talk to them about that's it, that's right. I like the Ace Hardware. All of them are like that. But yeah, the, they are. But the one on the. Um, Spanish Fort Hill is especially, that's my favorite store. It's right on the way. You know, I go through Spanish Fort a lot, so stopping in there is always a pleasure. I don't know if we got Bobby. Do we have Bobby Everscotto? Okay, Bobby, how you doing? Man, I'm a second and third. Everything that y'all just said about those Ace Hardwares, dude, I love them. Because I am not – I can get stuff done as long as I got the right stuff. And like y'all both said, man, you can get in and out of there with the right stuff and go mm-hmm. get your project done. Yeah. Hey, that little hesitation, I figured you was hanging back hoping you was going to, like, sneak in there and get a ribeye or something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I've been trying. I don't know how many years I've been doing this with Alan. He ain't giving me one yet. I don't know, man. I'm. A, I got to disguise my voice and my number or something. Well, Bobby, how's the fishing, buddy? Dude, it's been pretty good. You know, we've got this uh, cooler weather and it's keeping the water temperatures down. You guys have been around this this uh, area enough you know, in the outdoors to know how it gets a lot of times where it'll cool off, warm up, cool off, warm up. To me, that's some of the toughest fishing there is. Probably not just fishing, probably hunting and everything. But, you know, the temperatures have been staying fairly stable. They get cold at night and don't come way up during the day. And that's kind of helped everything keep, you know, keep everything kind of in the same pattern. Uh, we caught a lot of fish. Uh, we didn't catch a lot of fish today, but our goal was to catch some big fish. And, and I was, you know, it's always satisfying to me when i accomplish a goal of, of catching uh, everybody on the boat caught their biggest trout today and these guys have fished quite a bit so that's that's kind of rewarding i didn't i didn't actually ring the bell a whole bunch with a bunch of numbers but we got the right one so sometimes i'm i'm happy to do that just as well but uh anyway uh the the of course we're on this weak tide cycle right now and i think some of these rivers are a little more affected some rivers are a little more affected that than others and we fish down in uh, foul today, and um, I think it's one of those those rivers that's affected a little bit more by the tide. Uh, but uh, anyway, a lot of people fishing right now too. Um, you know, with the holidays and whatnot, I'm sure there's a lot of people off. There's a lot of people fishing, and um, you know, you got to be be courteous when you get you know a lot of boats on the water like we're having right now. And fortunately, everybody, at least the ones I was around today, just did a wonderful job of idling by when you're trying to fish and um and of course we try to do the same thing or always do the same thing so mm-hmm. i really highly encourage that you know in these periods when there's a lot of boats and a lot of traffic on the water just everybody to be courteous not just from that standpoint but from a safety standpoint too uh the lures that are working for us are still these slick lures we caught everything on um real subtle colored slick lures today uh early in the morning even when the sun was when it was still dark uh, we were catching them on the subtle colors, and usually I kind of switch more to those as the sun gets up, but they stayed on those all morning, and those are their colors were um, Mad Mullet and um, Tux, which are very similar uh, color lures. They look very, very much like the color of a, of a mullet, and that's what I think a lot of these fish are on right now because there's no shrimp in the water. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that sounds good. I mean, uh, I'm glad y'all caught some big fish today. We did. Well, I tell you, it's always it's always pleasing to see that come in. You know, mm-hmm. when you're 
you know, have the days where you catch 100 or 100, 100 and 150 fish. And, uh, you know, you're looking at a lot of 15 to 17-inch fish. But days like today where you catch those slobs, I mean, that's uh, it's always kind of nice to see that when you get to get the camera out and it's still dark and uh, and you're taking pictures with the flash and everything. Uh, it really, I love taking, I call them picture fish, man. I love seeing those uh, those picture fish come into the boat. I tell you what, this time of year, this is the time to go sight fishing for those reds, man, in them little creeks. Saw some guys, saw some guys heading out doing that today about good. mid morning, man, when the sun got up. The good thing about doing that kind of thing is you are you don't have to be up at the crack if you want yeah. to, like you know, I'm sure all three of us do, be up at the crack of dawn. But you can those are that's one of the kind of ones if you're the kind of guy that likes to sleep in. Uh, it's a, that's a good thing to do because you want that sun to be up so you can see those fish. Yeah, I think when fun. it's low, when the sun's low like that, if you're not careful, you spook them. Is that right? You spook, you get too close to them. That's mm-hmm. exactly right, and they pick up on you. And uh, so that's the reason you want to see them from further away. And the good thing about those redfish, you know, they don't care. They'll get up in water so shallow. They're I've seen them where their eyes are out of the water. That's how shallow they'll yeah. get. But their backs will be out of the water, <laughs> and uh, in super clear water, and they feed all through the day. So it's not one of those kind of things like, particularly with trout, where you got to be, you know, your best window is going to be that early morning bite. Fun way to spend a day. Merry Christmas it to you, Bobby. That. This is a good time of year to do it, too. Yes, sir. You yes, have sir. a Merry Christmas, buddy. All right, guys. Hey, yeah, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Y'all, Merry Christmas to y'all and your family and all of our listeners. I hope y'all have a great holiday. All thank right. you, thank you for that, thank Bobby. You. Same for you. All right. See you guys later. Okay. All right. Let's go to Joe Dunn at Miller's Ferry and see what the fish are doing up there. First of all, how you doing, Joe? Doing great, Alan. Yeah, though. We still got plenty of clear water. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no rain affected anything. We had, had really ain't nothing rain yet. Uh, the river body is still where it's at. Uh, they're catching a lot of crappie right now out in the main river, uh, hunting uh, tops and uh, uh, the, the ledges. You know, bottom bouncing those ledges and then throwing jigs up in those tops in that. You know, anywhere from you know, 18 to 20-foot water, stuff like that. Well, January's coming up, and uh, we were talking to Don Green earlier about that's the month to catch a big bass. If you like to catch big bass, that's the month to do it, and I bet you Miller's Ferry's got some big ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you uh, uh, That time of year, usually if it, We've got high water by now, but we don't. Hmm. But uh, them bass are still out on those ledges or in those big creeks on those deep drops. I like to fish rocks and stuff like that in yeah. banks where you got a, a lot of structure. Uh, flip a pig and jig down through there or something like that to catch those big fish. I know in farm ponds, too, the, the February is a key month, you know, on flipping that pig and jig around some uh, vertical Steeper drops, and those big bass will be hanging on those right there, too. Yes, sir. There's a lot of things about January that I like. Number one, people don't think about this much because they're concentrating on deer, but it's one of the best times to have a dove shoot. I mean, these big doves from up <laughs> north, uh, they are down here, man. They're, they're yeah, a lot look of like you're shooting pigeons huh, coming yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. I have been on some good yeah. uh, wintertime dove hunts, and it, yeah. it was a blast, you know. Really was. Yeah, my uncle, my uncle fed uh, ear corn to the the cows back then. Had baskets on the back of the truck with ear corn, and yeah. man, it was a 
like feeding the doves, you know, that yeah. them cows would uh, shut up. They'd shell more corn off than they ate, actually, <laughs> and the doves would come in the yeah. We had some great winter shoots doing that. That's great. And, of course, January, you know, we like right at the last of January down here as far south as we are, we see the rut happening. But up there where you are around Miller's Ferry, probably, what, is the second week or first week in January is the rut? Yeah. It's going to be, uh, me and another guy was talking about, it. they killed a uh, pretty good buck the other day. Mm-hmm. It wasn't swollen on none. It actually was running with another buck, and there was some does out in the field, and they were just, just feeding. And we, we figured that it's going to be about, about three more weeks. we got okay. three more weeks, it's probably going to hit. Okay. About two and a half weeks into January then. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Joe, and you have a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, y'all. Thank you. We'll be right back with our special guest after these messages. edition of the final drive we're still breaking down early signing day transfers are still moving around in the portal and you know on thursdays we're going to bring you the tide and tiger report and we're also going to preview the saints thursday night matchup against the rams you're not going to want to miss it on a thursday edition of the final drive the final drive with Corey and nick weekdays beginning at three here at 105.5 fm and on the sound of mobile app The Senior Bowl. For 75 years, it's been the proving ground for football's greatest legends. The tradition continues Saturday, February 3rd, as the legends return to Mobile. Join us at Hancock-Whitney Stadium and witness the All-Stars, MVPs, champions, and all-time greats as we honor the official 75th anniversary team. Get your tickets for the 75th Senior Bowl today at SeniorBowl.com. The draft starts in Mobile. Do you have a vision of a golf cart that doesn't exist? Well, the Cart Doctor can make it happen for you. The Cart Doctor's custom capabilities are virtually limitless. Lift kits, paintwork, they'll do whatever it takes to bring your ideas to life. With an unrivaled inventory on site, the Cart Doctor is the one name you need if you're looking for a new golf cart, need repairs, or just routine maintenance. Located at 5683 Highway 90 West in Theodore, or visit CartDR.com and follow the links to connect with the Cart Doctor on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. At Alabama, Coach Saban talks about the process. It's about doing everything the right way all the time to be successful. While at Dex Imaging, we believe in the process as well. Do the job right and take care of your customers to help them be more successful. With locations throughout the Southeast, including Mobile, Birmingham, and Tuscaloosa, put the process to work for your business. Contact the professionals at Dex Imaging. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of the Crimson Tide. It's easy to think all money managers are pretty much the same, but at Fisher Investments, we're clearly different. Different? How? You sell high commission investment products, right? 
No, Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission-based investment products. Well, you must earn commissions on trades. Nope, never at Fisher. We're a fiduciary obligated to act in our client's best interest. It's the highest standard of care for a financial advisor. How do you know what's in their best interest? We get to know our clients and then tailor a portfolio based on their goals and needs. But you probably sneak in some hidden and layered fees. No, we have one transparent management fee structured so we do better when our clients do better. Wow, you really do look out for your clients. That's because our top priority is helping them achieve a comfortable retirement. It might be why most of our clients come from other money managers. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments and securities involve the risk of loss. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the Sound of Mobile app. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show, and I hope y'all are planning on having a Merry Christmas. We've got Mr. Austin Delano with us today, and he's one of my favorite guests because he and I share a passion about improving habitat for hunting land, and we think about it all the time, and he's the expert, and I'm not, but so I'm always learning something. Austin, welcome back, bud. Hey, guys. Good to be with y'all. Yes, sir. So, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to take that back. I'm not sure I'm an expert at this. I've just been doing it. I've done it the wrong way a lot of times to learn. There you go. Well, we all learn from <laughs> the, the smart guys learn from their mistakes. Well, that, the blind hog finds an acre every now and then, but, but some of them find a whole lot of acres. I, I'm going to put Austin in that, that category. I don't think it's an accident myself. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, there's so much more to wildlife improvement and, and habitat improvement than just going out there, planting a food plot, putting up a stand or putting up a feeder or whatever. Uh, there's so much more to it, and that's what's fun about it. And uh, today I really want to talk about making the land more huntable or the huntability of a piece of land, like a attractive land that you may have, private piece of land. And Tell us some things that we need to think about uh, to making it, you know, more huntable. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and it's honestly something we've heard a lot more about in the last, you know, eight or ten years, I guess. Um, and I think it's something that people kind of graduate to. Um, you know, the longer they've been working on properties, whether it be, you know, your granddad's back 40 or um, a giant track that you're responsible for everybody kind of graduates and then learns and starts doing more things as they gain knowledge and experience in habitat management. And I think huntability or accessibility to a piece of property is just one of those. And you really see it when you go to a piece of property, let's say, and it seems to have all the key ingredients, but accessibility is really poor whether that be the road structure, um, how you get to the property off of, you know, the, the county or, or main highways. So accessibility and huntability kind of go together to me. And there's a lot of things that you can do to improve the huntability of a place and make it more attractive to the wildlife, not just by, like you said, planting the food plots and, and doing all the things that we know that can help them, but also just making them feel comfortable and making them want to be there and, to me, a huntability is a lot about making the critters feel safe. Yeah. 
Um, you know, we can we can provide the food um, in a lot of ways. We can do a lot of things to to keep a belly full. But you know, nothing runs critters off of a place more than you know too much human intrusion. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of have to think about, you know, how are we going to use this piece of property? Um, is this something we're going to stomp around on four to five days out of the week, or are we going to try to do our management chores and try to do the things that we know? our best to do for the place while also, you know, not overusing it and being, you know, intrusive on it and kind of running the game off that we're trying so hard to protect and keep around. So there's sometimes a fine line in between using a piece of property and, you know, abusing it for lack of a better word when, when you're just kind of, you know, over hunting it uh, could be a definite one. We see a lot of times where, you know, it's just too many people and too much time spent on stands and stomping around the woods. And mm-hmm. sometimes that leads to some pretty poor hunting results. Sometimes it does. But I have seen properties where the guys are banging around every day on the property and running trucks up and down the road. The deer just get used to it, uh, the vehicles. But, but then when they go to hunt no it, <laughs> then when they go to hunt it, and a deer hears a footstep on a dry leaf, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> it, it is. You could definitely, there's a difference between seeing wildlife and then them actually seeing them out of a stand and then being actually huntable yeah. during what I call, you know, daylight hours. And that's, that's part of that huntability is, is setting up a piece of property so that, let's say, when you're driving into your camp or you're driving to food plots, you know, think about when you're doing some of your habitat work you know, what's my end goal for what I'm doing today is, am am I going to be driving right through some of my best bedding areas just to get to a food plot? Because if I am, that may not be, you know, really what I need to be doing. Maybe we need to be looking at maybe, you know, cutting some better accessibility trails to that food plot so that when the wind's out of, you know, such and such direction, we can access it without boogering all all the critters up that we're trying to hunt. So there's definitely some, some things you can do to, make your place more huntable and and more likely for you to, you know, have success when you're on the stand. Austin, this past week and, and over the last few days, I saw something on both ends of that, exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I was helping this guy out and taking some deer hunters last week, and he wanted me to take this guy to this one particular field. And the road came in on the southwest side of this big field, and the shooting house was on the northeast side. He had to walk a diagonal across this whole field, hmm. you know, that he's going to be hunting to get to the stand. And then when he gets there in the afternoon, he's going to be looking directly into the sun. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. which I thought the whole deal was stupid. But, <laughs> but then uh, a couple of days ago, I was in Arkansas duck hunting, and my buddy was showing me one of his blinds there, and he said, we got it down on this south end of this field because the sun's in the south all, during the winter, you know, so it's, it's at our back the whole time. And there you go. So you know, so just Ac- a little bit of planning is all it boils down to. Access yeah. trails. You, you, access trails. I think you can generally relate that to a lot of times when people say, well, I've got a field that we've, hmm. man, it crows great, you know, or we've got this great duck line over here, but we never kill anything out of it. There's usually a reason. Mm-hmm. It may not be glaringly obvious when sometimes like you're what you're speaking to, but sometimes there's usually a reason of why, you know, the critters are not using a particular spot. You may have to do some, you know, some homework and some scouting to figure out why, but there's usually a pretty good reason why, 
you're not having success in a particular area. And it may be the layout. Just you know, that's all it can be sometimes. Paying attention to stand positions, access trails, and how you approach your stand and get out of there after dark or whatever. When you get down and coming out, you know, you need to have the least intrusive way to do that. And sometimes you can. Uh, you approach a stand and get up in your stand and come out a different way. That's you right. know, if it's just whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. Uh, but also bedding, uh, having enough bedding that you leave it alone to hold a deer on your property is important, uh, as well as food and water. Yeah, it's even if it's a five-acre block of a big growed-up field. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you can do to a piece of property to have some dedicated escape and bedding cover, really, if it looks good that you would want a rabbit, you'd want a rabbit hunt in it, that's what I want. I want tall grasses. I want a lot of weeds. I want a little bit of brush. You know, I want I want some saplings here and there, but I don't want a monoculture of all of those things, of any of those. You know, I just right. I want a kind of a grown-up field that's got a lot of different species in it. And typically in Alabama, that's going to hold critters for you. But yeah. what we've got to do is create more of that and, you know, quit quit letting some of those places grow up into monocultures of sweet gum thickets or nothing but a briar thicket. And you think, oh, that's great bedding or that's great cover for deer because it's so thick. Well, just because it's really thick and nasty doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be kind to wildlife. <laughs> we, we want them to be able to move through it and use that piece of bedding and that piece of escape cover without it being a, a hindrance to them being able to walk. You know, a, a deer doesn't love to, to walk through a 10-acre field full of briars. They will, but they don't really want to. They would love to have it full of, you know, chest-high grasses and all types of weeds and a lot of a lot of different things mm-hmm. in that field to where they feel safe. It's something they can go to, they can hide in, they can bed in it. It provides some thermal cover. So the more small spaces like that we can make, whether it's two acres over here, or if it's 200 acres, um, the more spots that you can make that are dedicated to bedding and escape cover, all wildlife will benefit from it. Your deer will really thrive and, and, and really take to it quickly because we all know they live and die by their nose and when what they see and what they hear. And when they don't like any of those three things, they've got to find a spot they can go to. And if you've got one of those spots and you don't mess it up and you don't go barging in there all the time mm-hmm. they're going to learn they're going to know hey there's a spot over here it may be it might be right beside a highway they'll put up with a lot of noise sometimes mm-hmm. but they won't put up with a lot of smell mm-hmm. and a lot of what they see so they'll go and find those those spots that they don't get messed with and they'll go hide in them and if you've got some of those spots sometimes that's you know sometimes that's better than all the best food in the world and you know these does don't have to be very far away at all from a food plot to have a bedding area, <laughs> they like to plant. They like yeah. to plant themselves down and go, go to their bed real close to the food source. So they're not like the bucks, but uh, bucks like to bed a little further away. But yeah, that's right. Think like a doe, and you'll see more bucks. <laughs> Better right. believe that. All right. Thank you so much, Austin. I hope you have a merry Christmas, buddy. Y'all too. Take care, guys. Yes, yes sir. sir. Thank you. All right, we're going to be back with Jay Gravick right after these messages.
Street Seafood and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanet has a great selection of fresh seafood and meats. Choose from their top cuts of meats or get yours custom cut. Find Street Seafood Restaurant on Facebook for order ahead to go daily buffet specials. A full meal served at the drive up from 10.30 till 3.30. Call 937-4096 and they'll put it together for you. Street's Dining Room is now open and the banquet room is open for private parties. Street Seafood Restaurant and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanet. Find them on Facebook. Attention Hunters, Skinner's Wild Game Processing with locations in Thomasville and Daphne is your number one destination after a successful hunt. Skinner's offers a complete line of meat products, custom made to your specifications. So make the most of your harvest this year with superior products from Skinner's Wild Game Processing. Quick, professional service and years of experience servicing hunters. Visit them on Facebook at Skinner's Wild Game Processing for contact information. Safety Shoes Plus was founded in 1992 with one goal in mind, to provide the best footwear and clothing possible at the best possible price to the working men and women of the Gulf Coast. Safety Shoes Plus carries a full line of work boots and shoes from all major manufacturers. Wolverine, Carhartt, Timberland, Keen, Ariat, Twisted X, Thoroughgood and more. Get set for football season with gear for your favorite team now in stock at Safety Shoes Plus on Highway 43 in Sareland and in Pensacola on Highway 29 north of I-10. It's time to prep your boat and motor for the colder weather, and Blue Water Yacht Sales can help with a free 12-point inspection of your boat, motor, and trailer. Blue Water is now a full-line Yamaha outboard dealer and a five-star gold service facility with a Yamaha Master Tech on hand. And now is the time to start looking for that new boat you've been dreaming about. Blue Water carries a full assortment of inshore and offshore models from Pioneer, Bulls Bay, Avenger, Jupiter Marine, and Regulator. Inshore for the Reds or offshore for the Blues, Blue Water has you covered. Visit bluewateryachtsales.net. When you're dealing with your roof, be sure to have experience by your side. I'm George Spurlock with Presley Roofing and Construction. As a third generation family business, personalized service is who we are. Call Presley Roofing for a free estimate for any type of residential or commercial installation or repair. We offer fortified roofs and smart financing for your roof replacement as an Alabama Power approved roofing contractor. Presley Roofing, serving Mobile and Baldwin counties since 1949. Visit PresleyRoofingInc.com. Top Tracer Range, the ball tracing technology that changed the way we watched golf on TV, is transforming the driving range experience. Now available at Timber Creek Golf Club. Guests of all skill levels will enjoy playing virtual golf games, competing against friends, and seeing their shot trace and stats in interactive game screens. Enjoy eight covered monitor bays and full access to the Top Tracer Range at every hitting station. Learn more at toptracer.com or reserve your covered bay now at Timber Creek Golf Club. Just north of I-10 across from the Eastern Shore Center. Visit golftimbercreek.com. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the sound of Mobile App. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White. Welcome back to the show. I want to give away a five-pound pork sausage variety pack provided by Hall Sausage and Wholesale Meats. Located in Chickasaw, Alabama, we'll give that to the third caller at 694-1055. All right. We've got Jay Graddock with us. He is the proprietor of Skinner's Wild Game Processing and uh, uh, an avid bow hunter. So uh, we get a deer report from him every week. Jay, welcome to the show. I'm glad you're back with us. Uh, Doug and I were talking during the break about the predominant wind uh, in Mobile, Alabama. And year-round, it turns out that, that the most 
common wind is from the northeast. Do you find that true up around Thomasville and the Black Belt? Uh, northeast is common, uh, northwest. Um, <laughs> it's rare to have an east wind unless you've got a front approaching. Right. Um, but but typically, you know, and then you know if you got you got the right kind of front coming, you'll get a you'll get a south wind, <laughs> big time. So I know, like last week, Doug, after our show last week, um, that particular day, the wind was uh, northwest. I think I went to one of my places I hadn't been this year. I got got in a tree. Was there about twenty minutes. Killed a big nine point. Wow. <laughs> the, yep, yeah, he was. Um, and another guy killed a really nice 12-point, 220-pound uh, buck. Mine was like 198. But anyway, we, we've been seeing a lot of big bucks come in. It's not like tons of them, but some big bucks. There was another one brought in this morning. Uh, it was 190-something pounds. <laughs> but right now, these bucks are starting to they're starting to mark the territory. I actually saw mine. I was in a cutover, a one-year-old cutover. So there's nothing, that, nothing basically. They just planted it. But I could see the property line around me, you know, and so I look over there and dang, there's a buck making a scrape. Hmm. Okay, well, right right now you're going to have these bucks are going to start marking kind of their territory hmm. along these edges. Any kind of a any kind of a timber transition where you go, you know, maybe planted pines to a little bit older pines or or a field or whatnot. You're going to start these these scrapes are going to start showing up and. I think a lot of people wait too long to hunt scrapes. You know, back in the in the eighties and the nineties especially, especially the eighties, the you know, scrape hunting was the was the thing. I mean, uh, a lot of scents got sold and, and people hunted scrapes and there was many, many articles about hunting scrapes back in those days. And it's still true today. You don't have to wait until you start seeing those teenagers chasing those does to say, Okay, the rut's fixing to come in. Uh, this is a part of it. We're starting to have deer come in. Their tarsal glands are already stinking, uh, but it's but it's not it's not breeding. It's not the breeding phase of the rut. It's more the okay. I'm the big guy on the block. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start doing a little scraping here and there, kind of thing going on. Well, let me ask you. you you're talking about that. I get. I guess there's a little bit of uh, pecking order stuff going on because I know some bucks are, are still running together, have been this past week. But uh, I know they don't do a whole lot of this in Alabama, but, but what about, like, rattling horns or something or grunt calls? Oh, it's fine right now. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I, I would blindly rattle, but I wouldn't blindly grunt. Mm -hmm. uh, I, have, I have my own thoughts about that, to be honest with you, but... Uh, rattling, I mean, rattling's fine right now. I mean, right now, matter of fact, one of our one of my guys in, in one of my clubs on his video camera last week, he's, he's got two eight points that are sparring in front of the camera. So, I mean, is it is it real hard, aggressive rattling? Uh, I wouldn't get carried away with it, mm -hmm. okay, because mm -hmm. these bucks are not, they're not the dog yet. You know, that, that level of breeding activity is not quite there yet. But the curiosity... And the hey, my buddy's over here sparring. I might go over here and check this out. Kind of an attitude. Exactly. <clears throat> will cert certainly work. I call that tickling horns. That's the time to do tickling horns. You don't want to bust them up against each other real hard right now. But uh, 
you know, curiosity is what it's causing. And a big buck may be just curious enough to say, hey, I wonder who's uh, having a little tussle over here. Let me go <laughs> check it out. That's right. And, and do it, you know, people talk about, like right now, you'll have a lot of a lot of deer hunters are going to say we're in the lull. Mm-hmm. Well, there's not there's some truth to that, but I give it about twenty percent. The rest of it is just that the deer aren't traveling as far in daylight hours to get to a food source. So mm-hmm. you back in there and get closer to a bedding area, or get to a place that hadn't been disturbed yet on your property, um, and you'll be surprised. You, um, I know my brother and I. For many years, killed a lot of big bucks before Christmas, between like the the 10th of December and Christmas. And I don't know why, but we did. And so now, you know, you get on over into January, the body weights start coming down a little bit. Um, The deer run around on their feet a little bit more. They they just got a lot. But right now they're tanking up on groceries. And a deer don't have to come to a green patch to to survive. Mm Mm-mm. There's a lot of deer on a piece of property that you don't have pictures of. Um, when they come in skinners and we cut that stomach open a lot of times, some of those bigger bucks, some of those older bucks, I guess the reason they got old is they're not stepping out in green patches. They're eating twigs. They're going to have a bunch of They're going to eat twigs. They're going to eat leaves. They're going to eat honeysuckle. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit of greenbrier later on in the year, they'll be in that greenbrier pretty hard. Yeah. But they, they don't – matter of fact, I, I think I saw one day – about a month ago, a guy, a biologist was talking, said a deer would actually die of starvation if, if you fenced it in and left it just in a food plot. Mm-hmm. Said it, it doesn't get everything it needs right. to, to survive. So anyway, you know, get get now's a good time. If you've got your does killed, hopefully you're working on those. If you want to get serious about a big buck that you got pictures of and he's in the nighttime, you need to get you need to figure out, okay, where could this deer be bedding? Look at what time he's coming in the patch and figure out, say, okay, he's not getting here till 9 o'clock. Well, if he if he's not getting there till 9, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night, there's no telling where he's coming from. <laughs> but if he's getting in there like 730, somewhere in there, then the, probably the first good thick area could be his bedding area. And maybe you can maybe you can do some good on it. And it won't be long. You'll start having these rub lines. You'll have a scrape line that's going to tell you the story. And that's where the turkey hunter... If you paid attention, turkey hunt, it, it'll speak volumes because the, the rub lines and the scrape lines that were there during turkey season, there's a chance that that, that deer survived. Mm-hmm. And guess what? He'll he'll use that same route. He'll start using that same route from bedding area to feeding area. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah. now's the time to set up on that. And just as soon as you find a scrape that's fresh, don't put it off two or three weeks and then go, yeah, I think I'm going to go sit on this scrape I seen a couple weeks ago. Uh, that it might work for you, but you need you need to get on it quick. You need to get on it pretty soon before that cycle changes and that deer moves on somewhere else. Take a walk in the woods in late February. Take your rifle or whatever and go squirrel hunting and watch. Uh, look at the woods and see how many more scrapes and rubs you'll find at that time of year than you will at the end of our deer season. And, uh, Absolutely. Now the, the segment y'all had before me. That is some good conversation. I can talk about that for hours, okay? <laughs> you can you can set up a piece of property where you just won't kill nothing. That's right. And you can also set up a piece of property where you will have success. And and you got to be patient. Alabama's got a very long deer season. 
as long as you've got habitat that keeps the deer on your property and you're not I've, I'll give you an example I got over 400 acres in one piece okay out of the 400 acres there's two two acre food plots that and those two two acre food plots are about three or four hundred yards off of a highway hmm. that's as far as I have been on that property this year hmm. and I've been there once <laughs> Yeah, it helps okay, to leave so some I'm... sort of sanctuary uh, if if you Absolutely. can. My food plots on my 43 acres are just almost bare dirt. They've just been hammered. They're just not big enough, you know. Uh, I've got about six acres of food plots, and they're just destroyed them. So. Yeah. Well, you got a bunch of deer holding around there close then. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. a lot of fun uh, trying to figure out how to make this property huntable. And, uh, you know, it's been a, it's just so much fun and challenging, too, to try to figure out where to put food plots, where to put stands, you know, where to put access yeah. roads, and all of those things that you have to consider when it's – and you learn every year something new, and you can always make adjustments and change, you know. Uh, I learned this year that one of my food plots and stands is probably in the wrong location. I'm gonna have to go back and fix that, you know, during the summer. So, well, Alan, I, you know, bow hunting, we got to get them close, right? That's right. So yeah, and you, and you, you'd be surprised when you walk into a place. The way I finally, I've been doing this for years, but I finally think about it as building a fence. When you walk down a dirt road or you walk through a trail to get to your stand. You just put up a scent fence that's going to be there all day and all night, and whatever comes through there is going to know that you walk down that road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it'll help you to keep that in mind when you approach your place to hunt. Yes, sir. Well, y'all come see us at Skinner's, man. We need some deer brought in. All right. We'll try our best, and uh, have a Merry Christmas, Jack. All right, buddy. Y'all take care. All Bye-bye. right. All right. I guess right. that's going to do it for this week uh doug and i were going to take uh, some time to enjoy our families this year around christmas we're both lucky enough to have our kids coming this year so kids that's, and grandkids that's right that's right so anyway in the meantime i hope you all have a merry christmas and take time this week to go out and enjoy god's creation we'll see you next thursday at noon